Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, I'm bringing you guys my worst draft picks for fantasy football in 2020. This is the second edition of this video. I made another video about a week ago called something a bit different about the players that I am not going to be drafting in 2020. These are all guys that, for a variety of reasons, I just don't feel like drafting at their current average draft position based upon some certain reasons that I am going to be talking about throughout this video. So if at any point in this video you guys do end up enjoying, if you're new, please make sure to click that subscribe button. It's free, and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. And if you're not new, you've been here for a while, please make sure to click that like button. That helps out a lot as well. So without further ado, let's get into the worst draft picks for Fantasy Football in 2020. We start off with running back Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. FFPC ADP 37.89. FFPC is high stakes leagues. ADP is average draft position. So in those high stakes leagues, 100 plus dollar drafts, he's going at pick 37. He's a Denver Bronco now, obviously formerly of the LA Superchargers. Six foot one, 215 pounds for Melvin Gordon. Workout metrics go as follows. Uh, 72nd percentile 40-yard dash with a 4.52, 73rd percentile speed score, 71st percentile burst score, 82nd percentile agility score, and a 42nd percentile bench press. Now, last season, Melvin Gordon's season was a bit weird, obviously, because the beginning of his season, he ended up holding out. He was chilling in Cabo. Him and Zeke were chilling out, and then Zeke obviously came back. He flew back to Jerry's world in Dallas, and Melvin Gordon kind of stayed put over there, and then eventually ended up coming back after he saw Austin Eckler was double-tapping the booty cheeks of defenses for the LA Chargers. So then Melvin Gordon was like, oh shit, I'm going to lose my job, this, that, and the other thing, so he had to come back. So he finished his running back 23 last season, playing in only 12 games. His ADP right now is running back number 20, pick 41. So obviously these are two completely different situations, but it may kind of be two in the same if you kind of think about it. So 15.1 PPR points per game last season, ranking 14th at running back. So when he was playing, he was very productive, even though Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler did really share the backfield down the stretch of the season once Melvin Gordon ended up coming back. He did this on 162 carries, 13.5 per game, ranking 27th at running back, 612 rushing yards, 51.0 per game, ranking 31st at running back, 55 total targets, 4.6 per game, ranking 19th at running back, and 42 receptions, 3.5 per game, ranking 19th at running back. So he is kind of one of those backs that can do both. He can catch the ball as well as rush the ball, which is obviously very good for a running back, especially in fantasy football when a majority of leagues are dependent on your running back being able to catch the ball in both half PPR as well as full PPR. He averaged 200 or he had 296 receiving yards last season, 24.7 per game, ranking 22nd at running back. He had a total touchdowns of nine, ranking 10th at running back, and his red zone touches were 37 3.1 per game ranking 15th at running back so why do I not like Melvin Gordon this year to me it is pretty simple it's the situation I said the situation is kind of alike last season with Austin Eckler but I think that the overall situation is worse they're on a team that in my opinion is not looking to just run the ball a million times in Denver they drafted a million wide receiver options there's a million guys there for Drew Locke to throw the ball to so I don't think they're going to be super run heavy I think the Chargers did like to run the ball and they did like to dump the ball off a lot and the situation is alike to when he was on the Chargers because there's two running backs there that are capable of being the running back one of the team and reports coming out right now head coach Vic Fangio said he anticipates both Melvin Gordon and Phelps Lindsay to be playing enough whereas we don't have to designate a starter now the report here on Roto World says that it's like Gordon will be the 1A and Lindsay is going to be the 1B now I have been preaching this 
for months. I've been saying this for months, but now it comes true because the head coach, Vic Fangio, came out and said it. This is not Melvin Gordon's backfield. Philip Lindsay is going to be much more involved than most people believe. He is going to probably see a 50-50 split with Melvin Gordon, which in my opinion takes Melvin Gordon from just potentially finishing as an RB1 to finishing far outside of the RB1 and not being worth what you're drafting him at this season. He's coming off the board as running back 20. He's going in the fourth round. Around that area, why are you even trying to draft Melvin Gordon? Just take a wide receiver. It's very, very simple. Around there, the wide receivers going all have top 12 potential. In my opinion, Melvin Gordon does not even smell a shot at finishing inside of the top 12 at the running back position. And at running back 20, I just feel like that's too much of a price if he gets stuck in this committee. And on a week-to-week basis, he is going to be very inconsistent, in my opinion, due to Philip Lindsay really having a big role in this offense. And Philip Lindsay might be the better pass-catching back as well as the overall running running back guy in between the tackles. So don't be surprised if the split looks a little like what it looks like here based upon snap count. Now, last season, we could see that Philip Lindsay had 516 snaps for the offense at 50.4% of snaps ran for the Denver Broncos' Rolls-Royce Freeman, who, in my opinion, not as talented as Royce Freeman, or as talented, Royce Freeman's obviously just as talented as Royce Freeman because that's himself, not as talented as Philip Lindsay, 513 snaps, 50.1% of the snaps for Royce Freeman. So why would this not happen with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay? I don't think Melvin Gordon is by far and away a better talent than Melvin Gordon, so I think we are going to end up with a shit-tier situation here for Melvin Gordon, and I'd much rather pick the more upside player, in my opinion, in the back, the guy going later in the backfield, which is Philip Lindsay going much later inside of the drafts. Now, if we look at it, the rushing attempts were dominated last season by Philip Lindsay, 224 rushes for 1,011 yards, and Royce Freeman had 132 rushes and 496 yards. I do not believe that is how it is going to look this season between Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I would not be surprised if they were both much closer than that, maybe a 200 yard gap or 300 yard gap between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, not like 500 more yards for Melvin Gordon opposed to Philip Lindsay. So I think we're to see a much different looking Melvin Gordon this season. I think he's going to play good, but just don't buy too heavily into him because the fact is Philip Lindsay is going to be involved. And if they coach just like they did last year, they're both going to be very involved and picking the guy later will be better when Melvin Gordon may end up disappointing at his current ADP as running back number 20. So I'm definitely staying away from Mr. MG. Next player to talk about here is Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns, FFPC ADP 40.3, foot 11, 198 pounds for Odell Beckham Jr., 27.9 years old, a 4.43 40-yard dash, ranking 86th percentile, 69th percentile speed score. Very nice. 78th percentile burst score, 98th percentile agility score with a 95th percentile catch radius for Odell Beckham. Now, right last season, he finished as wide receiver number 25 in 2019. Now coming off the board as wide receiver 10 pick 28, pretty much going identically to where he went last season in drafts with finishing as the wide receiver 25 last season. To me, that makes no sense. The guy really disappointed last year. Now, why was that? In my opinion, it was not due to a lack of targets because how can you have a lack of targets if you rank top 12 in targets with 133? It wasn't a lack of him being able to catch the ball because he still had 74 receptions, top 20 at the position, ranked 18th. 
What was it? It was just him not being able to do a lot with the opportunity given. He only had 1,035 yards, 64.7 per game, ranking 23rd at wide receiver. Only had four total touchdowns and only had five red zone receptions with one of the highest target shares at the wide receiver position with 25.6% target share at the wide receiver position. And finishing as wide receiver 25, his points per game total was Awful. Ranking 12.6 PPR points per game, ranking 31st at wide receiver, playing in all 16 games. So why would you want to believe in Odell Beckham Jr. again when the situation, in my opinion, has gotten worse? Sure, they have a better coach in Kevin Stefanski, but Kevin Stefanski is what we would describe as a run-heavy coach. Last year in Minnesota, as the offensive coordinator of the team, they passed the ball 51.70% of the time, ranking 29th in the NFL, whereas the Browns passed last year 59.61% of the time, 18th in the NFL. So, in my opinion, Kevin Stefanski is going to want to run the rock in Cleveland. And why wouldn't you when you have two of the best running backs in the game, maybe the two best tandem at the running back position in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb? So why are you going to be passing the ball a lot? You can ease Baker in. You don't have to make Baker make these mistakes. You don't have to make Baker look like a fucking god out there. He doesn't have to throw the ball all that many times for this to work. Plus, they already have a guy who sucks in a zillion targets for the team in Jarvis Landry, who's going to be the better option for fantasy. I don't believe in Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know why he's going in the third round. I'm not drafting him in the third round. I'm not drafting him in the fourth round either. I don't believe Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a good year this season. I think we are going to see them run the ball a lot. I think we see another disappointing season out of Odell Beckham Jr. since 2019. He has been a disappointment. 2020, the same exact thing is going to come at you. And it's going to come at you quick if you draft him that early in your draft, expecting former Odell Beckham Jr. greatness from when he was a New York football giant. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, I would ask if you guys could please click that subscribe button down below if you're new. I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 Fantasy Football Championship. And if you want additional help, please make sure to check out the Patreon. It has my draft guide, rankings, all types of articles and stuff you may want to read before you have your 2020 Fantasy Football Draft. So here we start off with Marky Mark. Ingram here as the next guy to talk about. Now, he's a running back as well, just like with Melvin Gordon, but his situation looks great, but in my opinion, while it is a great situation, I don't think we see the same outcome as last year for Mr. Mark Ingram, Maki Mark Ingram of the Baltimore Ravens, FFPC ADP 57.03, five foot nine, 215 pounds. This guy is thick as fuck, 30.7 years young for Mr. Mark Ingram, 40th percentile, 40-yard dash, 42nd percentile speed score, 13th percentile burst score, 16th percentile agility score with a 58th percentile bench press. Now, what went right for Mark Ingram last year. He finished as running back number 11, so clearly something went right. Obviously, it was the fact that the Baltimore Ravens offense is very run-heavy, and that Mark Ingram was really successful when he got the ball at finding the end zone. Right now, going off the board is running back number 24, pick 60. Finished last year as running back number 11 in 2019 in 15 games. But in my opinion, that's way too high for Mr. Marky Mark Ingram. You are expecting his point total to be so high. 15.9 PPR points per game, ranking 10th at running back, due to one stat. And that's the touchdown total. He scored 15 touchdowns last year, 4th at running back. The only category in which he ranked inside of the top 12 besides points per game and red zone touches. The reason why he has so many touchdowns is because he had so many red zone touches. If that ends up going down because they brought in J.K. Dobbins, the targets are not going to be there. I promise you that. 30 targets is not even a lot of targets for a running back, which is what he got last year, 26 receptions. I expect that number to decrease, if not stay exactly the same. It's not going higher because J.K. Dobbins is there. 
the touchdown total will go down. We anticipated this last year. We thought Mark Ingram would not be super good because he's going to get the ball a decent amount of times. He's not the most efficient runner. And I, the problem with him is just the fact that he's not going to catch the ball and he's not going to do it again. I see similar stats as last season. All these stats look correct to me except for the total touchdown number. What happens if Lamar Jackson vultures four touchdowns? Then he instantly goes from being a top 12 guy to probably finishing outside of the top 20. What happens if J.K. Dobbins gets more involved and is taking carries from Mark Ingram and taking pass catching opportunity from Mark Ingram? Then what happens? Mark Ingram falls straight down the dumpster. So I'm not drafting Mark Ingram at his current average draft position. I just don't think he's worth it. Sure, he's a great player in a great situation, but the situation here, I think, is going to turn sour on Mark Ingram. So I don't think Mark Ingram is worthy of a draft pick this year, especially as a guy that you have to draft so early on inside of your fantasy football draft. Next player to talk about here is wide receiver T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. This T.Y. Hilton breakdown is brought to you guys by Manscaped.com. If you want your family jewels to look pristine, to look A1, make sure you look no further than Manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a thing that has been transcendent by the gods. You can shave your balls in the dark. You can go full out dark mode. You could be like James Bond, sneaking around, but instead of having a flashlight on a gun, it's on your goddamn lawnmower so you can see the hair on your nuts while you're shaving it. It's amazing. It's perfect. You can use it in the shower. It has anti-nick technology, which means that it's not going to cut you down there. It's not going to look like the Boston Massacre inside of your shower. So make sure you check that out. Manscaped.com. Code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. So let's get into it. T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. FFPC ADP 67. Point two five foot nine, 183 pounds, age 30.8 years old. Now, T.Y. Hilton is the perfect example of a guy that was amazing a couple of years ago, just like with Odell, but except for I think here it's due to injury, not due to a decline in situation. Here's due to injury where you're buying a guy based upon how you saw him in the past, and now the past is gone. It's not coming back to him. T.Y. Hilton has been too injury prone for me to be willing to draft him this high. For 4.39 40-yard dash, 95th percentile, 47th percentile speed score, 43rd percentile burst score, 31st percentile agility score, and a 28th percentile catch radius for T.Y. Hilton. Last year, finishes wide receiver number 57, playing in only 10 games. Coming off the board now is wide receiver 24, pick 55. Now, I know the hope, hope here is that Phillip Rivers is much better than Jacoby Brissett, and I think that's true, but you have to bake in the injury risk with T.Y. Hilton. The reason why he didn't play 10 games was because he got hurt and couldn't play the whole season. That was T.Y. Hilton's big deal. He gets hurt a couple weeks into the season, then it seems like he's coming back, and then it kept getting extended, 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 and then he just never really seemed to come back. And when he was back, he just was not the same guy that we used to see with T.Y. Hilton. And I worry that this is just one too many injuries that happened last season and happened the season before. So I think it's just safe to ride away and write the final note on T.Y. Hilton's grave and throw it in there. Maybe pour a bit of liquor on top of his gravestone because T.Y. Hilton is dead for fantasy football. He is straight up dead, and I don't really understand the like for T.Y. Hilton. Sure, if you're getting him at a discount in a much later round, maybe round seven, round eight, you just pick him, and you're like, you know what? T.Y. Hilton, you could do much worse. For the games he's healthy, he'll probably be fine, but where he's coming off the board now is just way too early for me. In his 10 games, he had 69 targets at a 6.9 target per game basis. Very nice for T.Y. Hilton, 63rd uh, at wide receiver, 45 receptions, 501 yards, 5 total touchdowns, 37th amongst wide receivers, 7 red zone receptions, 25th amongst wide receivers, and a 24.6 target share 
in or 24.6% target share in the Indianapolis Colts offense, ranking 15th at wide receiver. Now, there's a lot of new things here in Indianapolis that I think you have to kind of key into when trying to assess T.Y. Hilton if he was not to get hurt, but I do believe he ends up getting hurt. So the first is obviously how good the offensive line is. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL for run blocking, so they draft a wide receiver and a running back in the second round. The running back they draft in the second round's name is Jonathan Taylor, who they are going to give the rock to a million times. They're not going to make Phillip Rivers throw the games away. They're going to let him do what Phillip Rivers does best, which is make kids by fucking his wife and by dumping the ball off to a running back. That's what he does. And by throwing the ball to a tight end. That is what Phillip Rivers does. He lives for those things. Family, football, his wife's ass, and throwing the ball to the goddamn tight end and to the running back. That's what he does best. And you know what T.Y. Hilton is? He's not a running back. He's a wide receiver. And I know you might be thinking, Nick, Keenan Allen was good in the past. Keenan Allen is far above what T.Y. Hilton is right now based upon my injury concerns. So T.Y. Hilton, I don't think, has all that great of a season. Plus, you have to consider that they drafted a wide receiver in the second round. The wide receiver they brought in is Michael Pittman. There's going to be much more competition this year for T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman, some people think he could be a wide receiver one on an NFL team. That's how good they believe Mr. Pittman is. So, is it potential that he starts eating away from T.Y. Hilton slowly? T.Y. Hilton start, slowly starts to die out. He gets hurt, and then bang, Pittman's the one. And now it's just it's just Rivers and Pittman playing catch in the backyard like he does with his 7,000 kids. That's entirely what could happen. So, I'm very worried about T.Y. Hilton this season. And you might be thinking, Nick, how injury-prone is T.Y. Hilton? You know, you're talking about how injury-prone he is. Can you bring up some stats? Here are some stats. According to Sports Injury Predictor, which figures out how likely it is for these guys to get hurt. He's deemed a high risk of injury in 2020. He's deemed a 86% chance of injury in 2020 and an 11.6% chance of injury per game. Why are you drafting that that high in the draft? Why are you going to believe in it? We've had so many injuries in the past. I'm staying clear away from T.Y. Hilton. I would not be surprised if he is good, but I would not do it strictly based on the injury history and strictly based on how I believe this offense is going to try to run the ball a lot, which means not throwing the ball as much, which means T.Y. Hilton's not going to get as much of the ball, and which also means that Michael Pittman Jr., could also emerge past him if T.Y. was to end up getting hurt. So now on to the final player of the video, tight end Evan Ingram, Easy e of the New York football Giants, 6'3", 234 pounds out of Old Miss, 26.0 years old for Mr. Evan Ingram. While Evan Ingram might be one of the most athletic players in the NFL based on his workout metrics, which are amazing, 100th percentile, 40, 96th percentile speed score, 87th percentile burst score, 91st percentile Jody score, and 93rd percentile catch radius, his injury scariness is probably 100th percentile as well because he also always misses games. Now, when he's healthy, this guy is going to tear it up. But when I'm drafting a guy early in the draft to be my tight end one, to be the guy that I rely on on a week-in, week-out basis, I just feel like you can't rely on Evan Ingram for that. Coming off the board now is tight end number six, pick number 70 off the board. Finished last season as tight end 18. Now, you can see why the hype is there for Evan Ingram. Finishing as tight end number seven last season with 13.7 PPR points per game in eight games. The key, eight games. This guy has not played a full 16 games in his whole career in the NFL, and that's just going to be the biggest knock on him. The only reason why I am knocking on Evan Ingram is because of this. I don't think he can play a full season, so for that, for that reason entirely, I am not going to be drafting him. 68 targets, 14th at tight end, 44 receptions, 13th at tight end, 467 yards, 15th at tight end, three red zone or three total touchdowns, 19th at wide or at tight end, five red zone receptions. 
He had three total touchdowns last season, ranking 19th at tight end, five red zone receptions, ranking 24th amongst tight end, and a 22% target share in the Giants offense, ranking 6th at tight end. So clearly, Evan Ingram is a very good player and a very talented player. But again, I'm really just harping on the injury scares. He's deemed a high risk of injury as well, just like with T.Y. Hilton. His chance of injury in 2020 is 98%, with a 21.7% chance of injury per game. So for that alone, I am out. It's like we're on Shark Tank. For that reason, I am out. That's what I'm saying. I'm Mark from fucking Cuba. Mark Cuban. I'm out on Evan Ingram in 2020. I just personally believe he is going to end up getting hurt and end up screwing the pooch for your fantasy team. So let me know what you guys think about these players. Are you guys drafting these players? Are you guys avoiding these players? Or are you just in the middle? You say, you know what? I like him a decent amount. Maybe I'd pick him at one league. Maybe I'd fade him in another. Let me know what you think about that. Check out the Patreon down below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And make sure if you want the softest balls in your league, the most smooth, the ones that are looking beautiful, the ones that smell beautiful, get that ball deodorant, manscaped.com. Code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. I love each and every single one of you guys. And I'll see you motherfuckers tomorrow with another video. Good boy!